Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, Hedvig! with Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, the podcast where we analysed and tore down the walls surrounding the movie masterpiece that is Hedvig and the Angry Inch, chapter by chapter. And now we're back on the road once again. Finally! Woo! It's been a while. But you know what? These are bonus episodes. So fuck you. You get them when I give you them. Uh, For this deleted scene that we are here to talk about, I am joined by musical genius and friend, Uaya. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to call you Steph the rest of the time. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad. But uh, you need to check out the music of Uaya, everybody. In fact, if it's okay, can I play a track at the end or a piece of a track? Absolutely, yes. That'd be amazing. And thank we'll you for that, that lush introduction. That's so, that's so sweet. Oh, no problem at all. No problem at all. Thank you for joining me because I... I mean, we we are friends. And also, I believe, if I remember, I saw that you went to watch Hedvig live. Yeah, I did. It was phenomenal. That's what piqued my interest. And I was like, ah, I need to get you on. Even if you don't, because I don't know. I haven't asked you this. I didn't want to ruin the surprise. I don't know your history with the movie or anything. Like maybe that um, that uh, viewing of the, the play was the first time you interacted with it. I don't know. No. Well, um, I'd seen the film before. But it had been like many, many years before. Mm. And to be honest, I kind of feel like a bit of a baby queer in some ways because <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really grow up with like I was born in Liverpool but then we moved to Warrington when I was really small mm. and Warrington can be quite medieval in lots of ways and it especially was when I was little and I didn't even know it was possible you know I didn't know that yeah, like yeah. it as like gay was only a swear word you know mm. um it wasn't like a, a a visual reality in my realm at the time at all and so certainly was not exposed to anything like Hedwig and the Angry Inch like at all until definitely like either during uni or even after uni like yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely a baby queer yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people, you know, uh, especially at the moment, if I speak to younger people, they haven't seen it. There was a showing here in Liverpool and there was a lot of people seeing it for the first time, which was quite exciting. I think it's really cool. And also I think it's like, it's timeless art, isn't it? Yeah. Because the whole thing is just a stunning exploration of like love and belonging and finding your voice and owning it and like and that's that's never that's never gonna not be part of the human experience well that's the thing you've hit the nail on the head there this has come up a few times during the show um some people might think oh i don't know i mean they're they're not going to be listening to this podcast but they might think oh i'm not going to like it because i'm not queer or something Mm. and say no 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 this is relatable to like everyone i would absolutely absolutely i think it just gives you extra extra empathy if you're any of the many people that have been made to feel like ostracized yeah 
Well, especially because, I mean, the scene we're going to talk about when we get to it, it, it shows Yitzhak's past and um, it sort of illuminates certain things about them because throughout the movie, you're not sure of Yitzhak's um, sex, like at birth, shall we say, nor does it matter. Um, and that this scene kind of shows a little bit of maybe it gives you an answer, but also maybe not. It's still vague enough. It's it's fascinating that to me this was the first experience I had of like gender fluidity and things like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was like a concept. I didn't know like I mean there weren't the people didn't say non-binary then, but um, that's essentially what. Uh, some of this is in the in the movie in general and um i think it was quite eye-opening at the time like oh okay okay you don't have to just be one thing this movie is all about discovering yourself oh totally i never thought of it like that because i mean yeah the same for me like i really didn't have those words to speak to who i am when i was little um i remember telling my mum that god had put uh, a boy's brain in my body oh. when I was about five or something I told her that um, and th- so yeah it just wasn't in the language to say non-binary um, yeah. despite the fact that the myriad magic hybrid dancing self has been you know in our species forever mm-hmm. um, but yeah I-, I didn't really think of it I didn't really think of Yitzhak's story in that way but now that you've mm. said it totally that is absolutely part of it I kind of felt more I don't know I kind of felt just really kind of heartbroken for them because you can see like in that scene I mean you can always see in the rest <sighs> of the film anyway like how amazing how amazing their voice is oh my god, oh god their voice yeah. is phenomenal um and I, I love the way Hedvig is almost jealous of it <laughs> oh totally totally and that is literally that's literally kind of like I don't know kind of it seems to be well not from Yitzhak's side but maybe from Hedvig's side like part of the reason they get together yeah uh, because you can see it, like in that deleted scene, you can see that Hedvig is feeling really insecure before the show, um, is not feeling good about themselves at all, and then Yitzhak goes on and absolutely slays it. Their voice is phenomenal, all their notes are really pure. The only bits of their actual singing that you get seen in the deleted scene is just an incredibly beautiful held note from the beginning an incredibly beautiful held note at the end maybe the actual song has been deleted because Hedvig has deleted it from her like actual memory because it was too damaging to her ego maybe that's a thing um but like uh but yeah so you don't get to see any of that all you see is and then the crowd's response of just being like absolute adoration like throwing flowers just absolutely adoring at this gifted, gifted soul. And then Yitzhak comes off stage and Hedwig is obviously like, you know, torn apart by being like stood up by such an incredible performer is literally in the process of storming out of the venue. (laughs) You don't even know whether, I don't even know whether that Hedwig even performed or not because you don't get to see that. You don't know, yeah. Like, yeah, 
they literally could have just stormed out. Um, and Yitzhak meets them on the stairs and it's just like, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, I love you. Could you take take me away from this hell? Like, and ask. Oh, it's so sad, isn't it? It's so sad. If they can get married, and it's so beautiful, and also it is so sad because the thing that got me the most about the scene was that, I mean, obviously you can see this throughout the film, but it really, 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 like, embellishes and heightens and takes it to like the pip of its heart heart's core about. Yitzhak's sense of how they see themselves. Yes, this is the thing. Like most of the deleted scenes we've talked about, they're like, they're fun. They're interesting. But you're like, okay, I can see why you cut it. I actually think this is the only stumble in the, the film. And it's one of my favorite films. I think this should be in the movie. It sure is. It, sure it is. tells you so much about their relationship, about how Yitzhak feels about themselves. Uh, and, think, and And it even just tells you like, where they're coming from. They were a famous, you might not fully have got it from just the scene, but they were essentially a famous in their local town in Croatia, mm-hmm. drag queen. And also like, I think it's obviously like you get this with Hedvig's own experience and stuff in the film, but I think having it more than just with the main protagonist would have been more filling because mm. it is, such a common trait. I mean, I think everyone, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting, but I think it's it's definitely incredibly um, extra common in like queer circles and, um, and definitely creative circles. Mm. And I think maybe just utterly universal that people far more often than not do not see their own brilliance and wonder. Yes. Yeah. Basically, every every genius I know thinks everything they do is terrible. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. And like part of it, you kind of, I don't know, but I think because we have this whole, um, uh, I don't know, I guess we have a hybrid, don't we? But like the whole thing of, you know, the holding up of like that you need to be, you know, humble um, and so and like, and not really think a lot of yourself, but then it goes to such an extent of like the strive for perfectionism and like living just in any sort of capitalist society where it's always the newest things, the grass is always greener. And that becomes not just part of the marketing campaign, it becomes part of your heart's space. Um. And that's really damaging and really hurtful. And there's no winning. There's no winning when that's the story that you tell yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and what happens here, I always think it's kind of very um, reminiscent of what happened to Hedvig. It's like, you know, uh, can we get married? Can you take me away? Uh, It's sort of repeating history. And it it didn't work out well the first time, did it, Hedvig? So uh, now you're perpetrating this on someone else which again i'm not blaming hedvig this has come up throughout the show no one's blaming her as such for being horrible because she's been through a lot she's been mistreated she's been abused oh my god she controls yitzhak's passport in the same way that the officer controlled her passport oh my god 
It's all all like a uh, a loop, isn't it? Like Did a mirror. Did you think of it like that? <laughs> the tendrilling mycelium of Hedvig. Oh wow, that's so far out. Yeah, that's another reason it should be in there. I think in the film because it's yeah, it's fascinating to see that um like yeah history repeating itself. Hedvig hasn't learned. If anything, Hedvig's gone. Well, okay, if the world's gonna fuck me over, I'm gonna you know do this to someone else. Totally, the child that was kicked becomes the parent that kicks. Totally, yeah. totally. Which, you know, that's not excusing her. She, you know, it's still a terrible thing to do, but at least we can understand the reasoning. That's probably the wrong word. The the origin of this behaviour. And um, I love as well at the start of this uh, bit with Yitzhak, uh, their name in drag is uh, Crystal Nacht. (laughs) <laughs> which is incredibly on PC, but the character is Jewish, and um, I think, and I think the actresses as well, Mir- Miriam Shaw. But it, yeah, so it's a reference, of course, listeners. I'm sure you are aware to uh, Kristallnacht, which is the night that the Nazi Party went around uh, smashing up Jewish businesses, and uh, that was what they called it. Was because the glass from all the broken windows laid on the floor at night, glistening. So it was the the night of broken glass. And uh, it's quite interesting that a Jewish drag queen would use that as a name. I think that's genius. But it is genius because it is also like a continuation of the reflection of how they see themselves. That just in the essence, just in just in them being them, that their culture, their heritage is being destroyed, is being robbed and damaged in some way, is being like that they are the villain. And also with the broken glass. Like uh, the mirror reflection. Oh, like yeah, maybe, maybe they feel self. broken as well. Yeah. yeah. And that like in seeing themselves, you know, they can't see how like themselves within how they fit without damaging their own upbringing or family or sense of community mm. or connectivity. But then also like uh, the destruction that they maybe wish upon themselves because yeah. they don't see themselves as being anything worth taking care of. Which I think you can see in their interaction with Hedvig. Defo. The, the way they're so desperate, like, basically, I'll do anything you want. Just take me away. Yeah. Um, they don't They don't matter almost. And also from what? Like, because yeah. it's like they meet on the stairs and Yitzhak is like, take me away from this hell. When they've literally just had like, you know, applause that sounded like a standing Mm. ovation, flowers thrown on the stage, absolute and utter accolade. I guess it's the Um, allure of capitalist America though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, or or is it hell for them to be applauded? If they don't feel it, if they don't feel Mm. they deserve it. Because if, if, if you don't feel you deserve it, it always feels like a lie. Oh, that's very... I hadn't considered that. I like that. Because then by the end of the movie, when they're finally allowed to be who they want to be again, because they want to be a drag queen. And yeah, and they really explicitly gifted. says no. Yeah. And they love it. And they want it, like, and when they storm in and they're being like, no, like, like as though Hedvig's the one that's been repressing them this whole time. It's like yeah. the journey... They both kind of go through the journey of self-empowerment and realisation. But yeah, like, yeah. Um, kind of, it's the opposites of each other. Oh, I've just had deja vu, far out. Um, <laughs> that like, it's the opposites of each other. So that like in 
uh, in Hedwig's journey, it's the dance of their super rigid, walled, protective self, this spiky sense of self being like broken down and softened. Um, They feel much more like that makes them feel more whole and more complete and more comfortable in themselves. Whereas for Yitzhak, it's the opposite. It's like the building up of their spine and sense of self is the revelation for them. And that is what births their wholeness. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, again, they're kind of um, mirrors of each other. Like one is the They're each other's. They're they're, they're, they're the the origin of love. Oh, well, that is a question that's come up a lot. Do you think, not at this point, just in the movie in general, let's say the end of the movie, do they love each other? Or do you think it's like we love each other, but we're still going our separate ways kind of thing? I can't imagine that once the movie's done and dusted, they just go back to being a couple. I don't know. I don't know, um, because they're both different by the end. Mm. And, but I guess that's the sign of a real, well, not real, but like <laughs> a lasting love is to be able to um, change together and still hold yes. that love together. That's a big yes. thing. But to like, me, that's the most important thing, really. Yeah. Uh, too many people, not to belittle other people's uh, relationships, but too many people are happy to just just stay as is and nothing ever changes or grows or develops. Mm-hmm. I guess there's comfort in, like, a steady home, mm-hmm. a steady set home, especially when the world is so changeable and, like, frightening at times. But I totally... I totally know what you mean. I think part of the beauty of being alive and experiencing the aliveness of all things mm. is like enjoying the, its changeability. Yeah. Because what's that? Oh, there's that turn of phrase, isn't it? That if like um, uh, you need to make really good friends with change like early on, otherwise yes. you'll have like a really hard life because it's like the change is the only constant. I think that's been the only constant in my life, having moved all around the world and stuff. The only thing I could rely on is, well, something's going to change again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's kind of like um, the beauty and the curse. Like that's, that's yeah, yeah it's, it's marvellous. Yeah, it's marvellous. But like, I don't think that, I don't know. I kind of think that there's, I mean, I've had so many loves of my life that like maybe, you know, uh, we're not are like we're not suitable to be like a living couple forever or mm. we're not suitable um, now or we weren't suitable then or whatever you know um, but for me that changeability never takes away from like the perpetual nature of love yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's why by the end of the movie, I see it as, in a way, they're closer than ever, but I also think it's them going their separate ways. You know, they've it's been like, integral. okay, you go and be you, go fly free kind of thing. Yeah, they've been integral in each other's journeys. They've been yeah. integral in, like, and such a home for each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, when the Hedvig saved Yitzhak from the hell they wanted to be taken away from and yeah. did what was asked of them and, and took them away. 
in that same way when they were on tour. All the nights when um, Hedvig would come back and and I loved it when uh, the scene where she comes back from a night out to Yitzhak and um, the tone of voice uh, where she's kind of like really predicting, you know, that um, this woman was going to come after her. And (laughs) it was said in such a matter of fact tone, you can so see how that would have been like a constant, regular, normal turn of events. That oh, she would have, have a physical altercation with people and have to literally fight for her right to be alive. Um, and then is talking about that. And then, but like, it's like the sanctuary that she gets to come home and talk about that too and like collapse with and curl up with and sleep with. Like, I don't know, even though their relationship changes loads. Like mm. they're each other's sanctuary. They think, are in the in a lot of in a lot of it. They absolutely are, and uh, their whole relationship, uh, highlighted in this scene, but in the movie in general, I find it very interesting for its time when we think about sexuality. Because uh, as I said before, we never know what quote unquote sex Yitzhak was born as, nor does it matter, nor should we care. Right, yeah. Yitzhak is Yitzhak, and Yitzhak and Hedvig have a relationship. Uh, simply that statement, with no further elaboration, I think is in itself like a bold and progressive statement, considering when this was made. Totally, and even Hedvig, like I'm saying, um, I'm saying she, but then also questioning myself because, mm. like, Hedvig's also, like, a beautiful hybrid and finds like. You know, because like of their real like real identification, like with their their inch, and also with like the um, I don't know. Like, is it like is Hedvig always a she? Well, this is the thing. Yeah, in the movie and in the play and everything, Hedvig's always called she. But I, I think, I think part of the ending to me, as I've talked about previously on the show is that it's sort of Hedvig learning to embrace all aspects and facets of herself. Yeah. So, and, uh, John Cameron Mitchell has actually said, you know, like, oh, if I made it now, the character would probably be like, you know, like non-binary or something. Um, yeah, exactly. And in that way, they're both... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both kind of having to navigate the non-binary realm, like... From different places and meeting, yeah. and meeting in the middle and clashing all around and yeah, totally. I think it's it's uh, a beautiful and also kind of like toxic. Yeah, I think a lot of their interactions kind of um, within within the dance of unpicking the binary. We are also we've also been socialized by its toxic narratives. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of their kind of interactions are quite like heteronormatively toxic in the dynamics of their relationship sometimes. Well, I mean, exactly. As soon as they get together here, uh, it doesn't explicitly say it, but it does in the uh, in the play and whatnot. Um, Hedvig is basically like they they say to Yitzhak, "Yeah, okay, you can come with me, but a wig will never touch your head again." So it's basically like, okay, you need to be the man now. I'm yeah. the beautiful one. 
that's how this is going to work. It's not like, oh, well, you know, you, you're free to do what you wanted. No, no, no. <laughs> Very heteronormative. It's like, you're the man, I'm the woman, and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think cause maybe just because Hedvig wants to just, what, almost wants a normal, so to speak, life. And it's like, well, well you're, you're not going to get it. <laughs> but also, like, and I think the um, denying Yitzhak a wig wasn't, it was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I totally see what you're saying. I think that's definitely, like, maybe an element of it. Because, like, she definitely, mm. you know, has got the vibe of kind of, like, a glam, glam wife vibes. Yeah. Well, it's um, the same with the singing, isn't it? It's like, well, you can't upstage me. Well, that, yeah, I think it's more that. I think yeah. it's more that um, a wig will never touch your head again because, like, in the power dynamic that Hedvig wants, I think Hedvig would struggle to, just for herself, to maintain that power dynamic with Yitzhak if Yitzhak mm. was still able to wear a wig because that was the tone in which they first met. And the tone yeah. in which they first met, Hedvig was incredibly intimidated by Yitzhak. You could see it all over her face. So how could she maintain the power dynamic of like wanting to be like, you know, the leader of the pack and the runner of the show and the absolute superstar if if Yitzhak was still able and allowed like to wear a wig and to remind her of those feelings of inferiority. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I, I feel like maybe it's more to do with that more than, I don't know. I think I think it's all of the above. It's all of the fantastic. things. It's all of the things, yeah. and that's the whole. That's the whole point. Is that like in for so much of it, um, even though like as a polyamorous person, the origin of love um, is interesting. Mm. Uh, I do think that like across the board, in so many ways, it shows that as much as the the power structures that be and like just because mainly because it's just conducive to capitalism um mm. we're shoved into these set binary these illusions of like set binary boxes um for everything like for all different things you know oh yeah like, literally everything everything like as you progress in your education and learning uh, you are funneled to learn less and less and less different subjects Oh yeah, yeah. They don't you want know? you learning all these broad. It's not that your mind things. expands as you get older. It's like um, under the illusion of specialising, and <laughs> like the yeah, I think it really does. It really hammers home in so many ways that like of like the freedom of the expanse when things aren't in boxes. The freedom of like the inviting in of all facets. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've talked about this prior on the show, but you brought up the origin of love as well. And um, the fascinating thing about that is, oh, it's a lovely story. Oh, it's nice. It's, isn't that great? But the movie shows the negative side of it as well. That, like believing in that actively harms both Hedvig and I would say this relationship with Yitzhak. Because like you don't, you shouldn't need another person to complete you. And that's kind of what Hedwig comes to realize. Like another person, wonderful, great. But you need to accept yourself and be full and complete in yourself first. And then someone else can come in. I kind of feel like that 
I mean, obviously, I was brought up with, you know, uh, Romeo and Juliet and Disney and yeah. and all, all the things, you know. Um, and so that, you know, a great Alas Hand balcony calling, lute suit oh. singing, adoration and unrequited love and the whole dance of the searching and the thing and the union and the Spice Girls of Two Become One and the whole oh, thing. Oh, classic. <laughs> is, obviously, is obviously a great heartstring puller, but like in... In reality, in in, oh, in, I feel as though the origin of love story in Hedvig is far more about that. What you just said about like mm. the finding of yourself in yourself, yeah. like the the welcoming in and refinding and rehealing of the separated, broken parts of yourselves that were yes. told they weren't allowed to be included and because you had to be either one or the other. You had to be either this bit, and if you were this bit, you couldn't be that bit. And it kind mm-hmm. of feels like the origin of love, the whole song is about the self to the self. It's a love, yes. a love story of one part of the self to the other part of the self. Like so much of like uh, therapy and healing, like internal family systems and the idea that there are, you know, like parts therapy, like a... Uh, uh, schemas and somatic healing and so and all that kind oh, of thing yeah, yeah. is all the dance of different parts of yourself talking maybe for the first time maybe definitely for the first time in a nice tone of voice to other parts of yourself and that <sighs> having a healing effect and like a reunifying and you're more of a whole and capable person when you're not calling yourself a, you know a horror from the other side of a bridge that lives inside yourself. So maybe we could say, maybe Hedvig almost misunderstood the story and took it literally, whereas these sort of um, tales, I know it's not a real myth, but, you know, let's say it was a real myth. Myths and things like that tend to be created um, as metaphors for concepts and ideas and thoughts rather than literal um, so maybe Hedvig took it literally, but it was like, no, 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 you're supposed to, um, you're supposed to ponder on this. You know, you're supposed to think about this a bit more. Yeah, totally. But I think that like in totally that, but like in, in all the great myths, that is how it goes. That's the hero's mm. journey is that you go along and you try and, you know, um, grab and strive for these illusions of things that you're meant to want externally. And yeah. you, you know, you dance that dance and you're Sisyphus, you rock up and down your hill and whatever. Um, <laughs> and until you head a small and people it and search for the hero inside yourself and yeah. have that that moment, you know what I mean? Because that's like, I, yeah, that's Taylor's I reckon that song's crime. about Hedvig. <laughs> yeah. Taylor's oldest crime. Totally. Hell yeah. Totally. totally. Actually, I asked if you thought um, they were in love by the end of the movie, but also in this scene, do you think Yitzhak, obviously Yitzhak can't love Hedvig because they've only just met them, but do you think that it's sort of genuine feeling or is it is it Yitzhak seeing this as an opportunity? Not in a nasty way, not in a using way, but like, oh, like, you know, I can I can suck up to you and you can help me kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, like, that's that's an enormous question, isn't it? Because, like, yeah. what is love? How well, long does it take for you to know that you are in love with someone? 
That's is true. love the sensation of a moment or the practicalities and deep knowing learned over time is love you know like i kind of feel like i absolutely believe in love at first sight mm. um but the practical application of that is there's so many different types of love i think that like me and my friend were talking about this the other day how like english really falls down <laughs> really really for i mean obviously in so many ways <laughs> yeah yeah such, lots of ways it is such a blunt tool for such an intricate task but like um a blunt stolen tool for such an <laughs> intricate task but like having only one word for love is an absolute joke like yeah i'm trying to think of any joke. others there's uh... so many different types of love there's so many different types of love like when i moved to the netherlands um i was like, uh, literally, because I talk English in a strange way. So whenever I learn any other, like, languages and stuff, I always just, you know, try and still speak it in my tongue, like, still that, speak my heart though. vibe. Uh, yeah. But very often it doesn't make sense. So translate, like, across, <laughs> you know, across cultures, like, things have different meanings. Um, oh, and true. so for me, I would say, uh, you know, like, uh, I love you. Uh, quite readily to all the people in the way that, like, I would. Um, oh, but there is that very English, serious. It's a big deal. Oh. You don't mess around with just saying that. And, Did like, it freak people out a little bit. <laughs> well, it, I don't think, I think everyone just kind of like, um, hook me at my magic tone, which I'm <laughs> often very grateful for. But, like, the my chosen sister. Um, sat me down and was just like, "Oh, listen, baby, like we don't. Uh, it's it isn't. Uh, you can't. <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> you can't use it like that. That's like, um, uh, yeah, it's a serious, serious, special thing. Oh. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, what is? I mean, I and I do believe in love at first sight, and but that is a feeling, and you can't build the practicalities of day-to-day highs and lows and sufferings and you know the running of a home on the fleeting dancing changeable nature of feelings but like and that's different types of love that get nurtured and cultivated like a garden over time but i do Mm. feel as though you can what's it called like where um you can you can know that you've really met a soul that your soul knows underneath all of I know what you mean. I don't know. know? There must be a word for it, but I I know what you mean. It's like an instant kind of connection. Yeah. But like older than like deeper than sex. Yeah. Yeah. Older than how long you've known each other in this realm. And that you kind of know, like, the feeling of someone's quietest quiet and the yeah i don't know i don't know i could imagine yitzhak seeing that maybe in hedvig but i think hedvig isn't seeing that i'm not saying it doesn't exist in the the opposite direction but i think hedvig isn't seeing that oh no hedvig here sees the desperation empathizes with it but also sees something they can how do I word this nicely? Exploit, use, you know, 
Uh, like, oh, I can get something out of this. Okay. Yeah, and like feeling like, uh, and it's kind of like she rolls her eyes at the whole situation because yeah. she's literally just been like felt completely beaten and knocked down by this person that is then begging her <laughs> to take them away from their awful life. And it's just yeah. like she rolls she rolls her eyes at them and it's like, fine. If you want to come and crawl after me and carry my bags and make my ego feel slightly less beaten by the reality of your super talents, then, mm. yeah, crack on if you want to do that. <laughs> fine, fine, you know? It's a fascinating kind of reaction, that the eye roll in, and then the way Hedvig uh, goes in, you know, takes the, the wig off and smears the makeup before mm. giving them a kiss. It's just like, ooh, that's quite... Um, it's, it's almost kind of intimidating. I don't know, yeah. it's strange. It, it's kind of... It's kind of erotic and also scary. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's it's a I don't know it's, it's it's like like so much of the film and so much like everything oh, everything is everything, isn't it? There's so many yes. layers to everything. That's and why so, I like, love this that everything's got ten meanings. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like that's why that's why I adore poetry, just because, mm. and it's also kind of why I hate picking it apart because that's kind of like the beauty of it is that it gets yeah. to be everything. Um. Whereas, like, it gets to mean all of these things and also yeah. none of them. And to say it just means one of them is kind of like uh, you take away from, like, the myriad nature, do you know what I mean, of all of the things, which is why this is such a lush yeah. thing to do because when you watch the film or you watch the play, you get to be told it's this one story. Whereas, like, when in your podcast, like, you, like, you take that it's like it's like the story is a rope mm. and you let it be itself and but really like really really itself like yeah. every single strands that makes the rope rather than just it get you know just dismissed as just like it's just it's just one story it's just one piece of rope no like any one story is this many tendrils is this many avenues is this many possibilities is this many connections and that's what makes it what it is obviously this is a little bit different but it's similar to i'm a huge fan of twin peaks david lynch, Ooh, yeah. david lynch. uh it's like my favorite thing in the world it's not hedvig and, oh no um, let's watch that one time hell yeah yes hell please fucking yeah but um there is a quite a famous youtube video that's like four hours long or something called twin peaks explained Oh, wow. <laughs> and it, 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 it says, like, oh, we are going to tell you exactly what everything means. And it's like, no, no, David Lynch would hate that. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you say this is my idea of what's going on, that's fine. But to claim you know what all of this is about, he actively says that's not the case. You can't know. Nobody really? knows. Even he doesn't know everything. Some, some of the stuff he puts in is feeling, mm. you know? And he did the same with his movie Inland Empire because people try and break that apart because it's that one is really out there. Um, and he he says that the the story isn't linear; it's um, a spider's web. Nice. So things are happening. It, it's all over. It's like space and time. And sometimes Laura Dern is this character. Sometimes she's a different character. Then other times she's in a different scene, but she is one of the other characters. And you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. And I, I like that you don't know what's going on. Totally. Exactly. If someone sat down and did it, it would be boring. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. Like, I feel that way about, I feel like that is the creative spirit. Like, mm. 
for me, I believe that the universe is a piece of vinyl. Every now and again, you get to be a needle. And when you are, you know you are. And you can't have the ego of thinking that you're the gramophone in those moments because you're just getting to be a needle. And Mm. if whatever you happen to make or like dance or create or say in that moment of that needle feeling, if it helps anyone to feel less alone, if anyone else can relate to it, if anyone else feels connected to it, it's because it belongs to them already. They, They create, we all create the universal vinyl together. If any of us get to be needles, we're getting to be a needle for everyone else. It's not just like, you know, uh, this is my my thing, whatever. (laughs) It's not like that. Like, it doesn't eat like that. Like, in the way that, like, you know, when uh, I'm writing a song or a poem, it will tell me Mm. if it's a song or a poem or if it's something else. It will tell me that. I'm not the one telling it. Like, I, I facilitate its beingness i am not the one who tells it what it is it is it is is meeting me um do you know what i mean it's like it's meeting life through me so yeah i maybe i color it in with myself in some ways because it's going through me to into being um so maybe i'll know some bits about it but like also i just get to be a pen or a mouth or a guitar for this feeling that wanted to be a song or a poem and that just lived in the universe and wanted to be a song or a poem and I just happened to be free that day like if I wasn't free that day it would have danced through someone else and been coloured yeah. through, through their soul but the idea would have lived and been and danced around the world because that's what ideas want to do and yeah, like one time I remember one time uh, a close friend um, we lived together uh and um they asked me what uh no they, they didn't they didn't ask me um <laughs> they liked my noise and i happened to one night just like go off on one about like what that particular song had like meant to me oh yeah and all the different things in my life that had like danced and influenced the creation of that song and like they were really annoyed and i was really really so grateful that they told me because Ooh. they said please don't tell me what they mean to you again because oh. that song is really important to me because of what it means in my life i understand that but at the same time they it, it can mean something different to different people and that's okay totally and that's mm. but that's kind of the beauty of it like and so in the creation of a song it will do its medicine for me and it will mean what it means for me in my life but then like the minute I send it out into the world, if anyone else gets to meet it, whatever it means to them is what it means. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, it belongs to everybody when art is shared. And so that person doing that four-hour, you know, YouTube dance <laughs> is completely valid. But you're right, it is what it means to them and not what it means in general to everyone forever and all time. Exactly. Like, in fact, David Lynch says that. He says, you know, whatever you think, that's that's right. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, I never correct anyone. Like, for ages, like, people, like, um, sing different lyrics or stuff for for songs, and I will never, ever, like, unless they really, really super-duper want to know. Like, Uh, yeah, I won't correct them because I'm just like, I love it, I love it. Yeah, you dance, you dance. It's it's fit, you know? (laughs) And actually... um... The way you were talking about writing there is kind of similar, not not to make this a David Lynch podcast, but um, 
I can't remember the exact terminology, but he is into transcendental meditation. Mm. And the way he sort of describes it is that like ideas exist already. Yeah. It's there in like, a, he describes it as like a sea. And uh, he he goes in and uh, he he hooks fish. He pulls them out and that you know he just uses it like okay I've got that one. He just he brings it back with him kind of thing. It, totally. He didn't make it. It was there. <laughs> yeah, like um, Patty Smith calls it the sea of possibilities. Ah, um, there you go. I, I call it the universal vinyl. Um, it's all things that move like um, a space. A, space, a, a realm, a realm that moves, a movable mm. realm with things already in existence that we get to meet in fleeting moments. Mm. Like, that's, yeah, totally. And what an honour, what an honour to be a pen for a small time for such Absolutely. a thing. I can't even remember how we got onto that. <laughs> I can't. Oh, oh that's the was... beauty of this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forget it. Yeah, let's just dance. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, uh, bringing it back, uh, back down to the uh, the scene. There's just a few little things I like before before it moves on to sort of the end bit. Mm-hmm. Little minor stuff. Uh, uh, the crowd throwing the flowers to uh, to Crystal, as we'll call her. Uh, they're sunflowers. You may have noticed weird flower to be throwing, right? So I looked, I looked into it, and. Um, it's, I was going to say the national flower of Croatia. I'm not sure. It, it's at least it grows in abundance in Croatia. It's it's one of the most popular flowers there is. So that's that's the meaning. It's to give extra emphasis to the fact they're in Croatia. And it's is kind it? of funny, like, because why the hell would you throw a sunflower? <laughs> I didn't even, well, I mean, I kind of vaguely clocked that. I love your eye for detail for stuff like that. <laughs> and like, and also like the creators of Hedvig, for you know that absolutely everything has like yeah myriad meanings do you know what i mean and like has yeah everything that, that's why it still holds is a decision up. Yeah. yeah and uh i just i thought that was so funny He's throwing fucking sunflowers who does yeah, that if, if that hits you that's a fair <laughs> whack that's not like you know a little bit kiss from a rose on a grave <laughs> it's like you're getting twatted across the face with a sunflower <laughs> at speed it kind of reminded me of the again the inverse of what we see towards the end of the film when hedvig pulls the uh the tomatoes out of their bra and <laughs> smashes them and throws them into like into the crowd i was like oh that's like the the flip side of that like, it's the angry fucking you know aggressive punk version i've been meaning to do that on stage actually i want to do that one time pull tomatoes out of my bra and smash them. <laughs> it's a great idea but like, I, but that whole thing of like the um, uh, the changeable nature of the fourth wall mm. between like um, like in inverted commas crowd and performer because it's all all you know but like um, how I don't know I kind of feel like one of my favorite um, I think the only module in the entirety of my degree that I felt was worth any of the death. Mm. Not that like the long, the, the knowledge of our species should be like, so super deeply, deeply commodified and whatever. No, and, exactly. But, um, but I did this module, uh, called, um, uh, explicit body art performance. Oh, and it was fascinating. And it was a really, really tiny, tiny module. 
and it talked about um explicit body art performers so like uh marina abramovich um who is just unreal who like did like the artist is present and i don't know if you've seen any of her stuff yeah yeah okay she offered i think i'm probably gonna get all this wrong but like she her i think her first performance was like she stood naked in uh an art gallery and I think there was like 47 maybe more like objects in front of her ranging from like a pen to a rose to a knife to a gun that had a bullet in it and invited the audience to do anything they wanted to her. Weren't people a bit, I seem to recall it was a bit, a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say aggressive, but people were a little bit strange. You're, no, you're right. It was. It was. Like she said that um, at first people were tentative and very sweet. Um, would just like write a little thing or give a little kiss or so little things. And she said the moment someone hurt her once, Ooh. she felt the tone of the crowd change. Like, oh, and that's allowed now. Okay, we can all do The audience became a mob. And she felt it. And I kind of feel like, especially so many of the gigs, the places that Hedwig is playing performances are literally <laughs> in the tiniest, primest restaurants where yeah. like, and it. what I love about explicit body art performance is that it's not about the performer. It's always about, it's more about the audience's response. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how they respond to it that is what it's for. And that is always different because the audience is always different. But like the the responses, it was like um, Hedvig climbing all over the dinner plates, getting really up in the face of everyone or the bit where she like um, wafts the fringe of her yes. skirt or dress over that old man's face. Oh, my God. I Delicious. wanted to do that. Delicious. You, should, you should totally do it. What? <laughs> when were you going to yeah. do that? I wanted to do it at the Rebellion Festival. Uh, listeners, we recently, uh, as of recording, played uh, that festival, and the bit we were in had seats. So I was like, oh, brilliant, I'm going to do that. Not realising how difficult it was to get off the stage and into the crowd. There was yeah, no way there was time to get back. <laughs> yeah, well, like, there, there's, like, um, uh, just so the people at home know, because obviously, like, me and you were there, but they weren't. But, like, <laughs> the, is, did you say it was, like, one of the biggest stages in Europe or something? Yeah, yeah. So It used to be the biggest, but I think now it's, like, two or three or something. Far out. It's beautiful. So beautiful. The opera hall uh, the uh, and the opera stage in Blackpool. And so like the stage is enormous, but then there's a massive, massive press pit, mm. which is literally a precipice. Like, um, <laughs> so there's no way that you could have, you would have had to jump and fly across this enormous, <laughs> like two meter long, two meter wide, like a uh, press pit to be able Don't to get me. anywhere near the crowd. <laughs> and then they'd taken because they knew that everyone was going to want to dance. Yeah. To like to the dinner ladies, they took out loads of the seats. So there was actually a dance floor for once. Apparently, the year before there wasn't, there hadn't been a dance floor or something. That someone uh, was telling me. Okay. Um, and yeah, so to be able to get to the seats, but it would have been amazing. And you should totally do that another time. 
It's oh. one of my goals is to do because I'm, I'm very inspired by Hedvig, you know. Aren't we playing together in Hobo Kiosk? Um, on the 29th, please come and do. Please come and do it then. It's a really intimate venue, and there's so many seats. <laughs> it's so it's primed for the fringe. I don't oh, know if we yeah, are doing that, you know, on the faces. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, no, because um, uh, Pete's arranged it the 29th of September. Oh, maybe I, do, I just get in the van. I don't. <laughs> well, you're going to be put into a van on the 29th <laughs> of September, just to give you a tiny bit of warning. You'll okay. be put in a van and taken to Hobo Kiosk. And you bring your fringe. Woo, woo. Yeah, yeah. bring your fringe. Well, I'm, I'm very inspired by Hedvig in general. I steal a good few things from Oh, I'll put you in my boot. You can travel by boot. Why not? You'd love that. Oh, it'd be dead nice. I'll translate for the American listeners, the trunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, even sexier. <laughs> How is it so much sexier? I call it the trunk. Oh, I, I, don't, I, know. Boot, I don't know. Boot and trunk are sexy, to be honest. Boot, boot sounds a bit fetishy. Yeah. Which is fine. That's not knocking it. But, you know, it sounds a bit kinky, doesn't it? Yeah. Knocking boots. Um, Before we uh, talk about the beginning and the end here, I wanted to to talk about the meat of the the scene. Is there anything else to talk about with with the Yitzhak stuff in in general? I I love it that um, one of the things that I loved about that scene was, well, there was a couple of things about that scene that were, that, that didn't, get taken forward that I loved. Well like mm. well no, I think one of the ones was in is in the film where rather than take down a slip for the audition for rent, they yeah. take down the whole poster. Oh I love that because that's that's love ridiculous. That. <laughs> love that for them. Absolute well, they've gone beyond. They're claiming <laughs> the whole thing now, not just Well they don't piece. want anyone else to audition. <laughs> but also it's like at the fact that they're claiming the whole thing and not just a piece. Yeah. It's like, I'm now is my time. I'm Yeah. Because that's the whole time with Hedvig. They've been like just a piece of the yeah. thing. Um, and then also I liked the bit where just after that, where um, uh, the manager gets hit in the head. Oh, right. Got, like, Do I need Bluetooth? to explain this? Right. Because he's connected device. Yeah, because in a previous deleted scene, which I'm glad they took out of the movie, but it is fun. She has a a phone installed in her tooth. Um, so basically in this bit, she gets hit on the head and it knocks it off the hook. And she can't hang it up. That's why she keeps tapping her tooth with her tongue, going like, eh, eh. Well, like, I kind of feel as though some of her lines, because she's very much like a side aside to like Yitzhak's reverie of themselves yeah and like empowerment but just before the reverie she says on repeat I'm gonna have to let you go I'm gonna have to let you go I'm gonna have to let you go and that felt so poetic for that to be the like the last words that are spoken before Yitzhak goes into the reverie that's true it's almost like it's almost like Yitzhak's inner self speaking to them yeah like, and then at the let, end you of need it, to let Hedvig go kind of yeah and then at the end of it when it's like oh I can't hang up I can't hang up I can't hang up is that the struggle do you think like well like it's kind of like you know um I have to let you go and I have to do my own thing and I have to empower myself and I've got to live my life but it doesn't mean that I don't love you it doesn't mean I'm not here for you it doesn't mean I'm not here on this journey and this adventure it just means that I've also got to do my thing and like 
and that's fit that's balanced that's proper do you know what i mean yeah. that's real love like to love yourself and love someone else it's not one or the other do you know what i mean like um and we are our, our we are the greatest lovers through through like for other people when we are in a tone of loving ourselves that's true Absolutely. That's when we are the most giving, compassionate, empathetic, understanding, empowering, fun, sexy, groovy, strong. Like we are the most of all of those things from a place of like self-love. Which I think is highlighted in the movie by the fact that their relationship is not going well. And you can see here why, because Yitzhak is not in a place of loving themselves. It's like hates where they are, hates lots of things about themselves. They are stifled mm. by the person they love. So they still they still love Hedvig, but it's like you are crushing me. And they're manipulative and jealous and like backstabby and taking from each other and stealing from each other yeah. and being cruel and like emotional manipulation and all these horrible things. But then by the end, by the last gig, when they're all playing together, oh, like, beautiful. Um, Yitzhak is right there for Hedvig, like absolutely at the gig. No yeah. questions asked. Of course, of course, they're there for them. And then straight away, Hedvig, like, you know, gives Yitzhak the wig and... Yeah, you, you can be free now. Be you. Yeah. Be what you want to be. Like, and that, and it's from both of them being allowed their journeys of self-love, they're able to love each other so much better. Oh, that, now I kind of hope they are still together after. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, lovely, I think they're, I think they're, I think you're right. I think they're maybe not together, but they're definitely like, they love each other forever and they're solid. They're solid, yeah. you know? I think it's with like, everything they've been through, I don't know if they could stay as a Well, they've both, like, they've both got different touring schedules. <laughs> that's what it is that's all yeah, it boils down to like, isn't it it's impractical Yitzhak's on tour with Ren like across the world <laughs> like on the medium reg do you know what I mean Hedvig's got like tours all over the place like yeah if they, if they end up in the same city maybe they'll catch a drink maybe they'll say hi and like Aww. but that doesn't take away from like a deep abiding love you don't go through transformative things with people and not love them forever whether you speak to them again or not and I, I do like the way that it ends up like that because, it you know, it starts off so contentious. And, um, uh, well, in fact, actually, you know, Hedvig's stifling, as I said, Yitzhak, not just their talent, but, you know, all kinds of things like their gender identity, gender expression. Mm. Um, I found a quote, actually, a wonderful quote by Jamie Fletcher, who's the director of the recent production here in the UK, uh, starring former guest of the show, Davina DeCampo. Um, and they yeah, they said that I think there's a wider, more universal message at the heart of the show, which is about resilience. But it's also about whether you are LGBTQ plus or not. We all have experienced the pressures of having to perform our genders in a particular way in order to feel accepted or safe in a particular space. When we put such rigid rules around our genders, it affects us all. And when we loosen those rules and allow ourselves to be who we really are, we flourish in this wonderful way. Really? I think that comes across because like Hedvig knows Yitzhak's background, but he's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that. And, and, it, and it, it reflects in the relationship. The relationship is shit. Totally. Because they're not allowing them like, to be free. 
there's a bit in the middle of the film or so, or maybe earlier on in the beginning. Well, and like that, that they're doing a gig basically, and Yitzhak goes to um really riff off, like really vocally riff off and like go for it. Mm. Um, and you can see it that Hedvig straight away turns around, cuts them off, is like, no, but like yeah. objectively that would have like deeply enhanced the performance of the song to keep that in, which Absolutely. would by association, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, um, they're not only, they've not only been stunned in each other's gross, but like also like the expression of their art. Yeah. Like if they were on the same page and they were both happy in themselves and with each other, like they could conquer the world, mm. you know, but uh, it's easier said than done, especially when you are, Again, no excuses, but when you are traumatised, like Hedvig clearly is. And it seems like from this scene, Yitzhak is. I totally. we don't know what they've been through. And we've, just... already, we've already had like a species long history of traumatised people trying to conquer the world. Like we don't need any more yeah. of that. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Yitzhak's trauma stems from just, uh, you know, the trials of living in Eastern Europe at the time. Yeah, just try, especially like if in your like, formative years i mean obviously you know a million things dependent we have the capacity to change and grow and heal and whatever but like the capacity for that like the space mm. and freedoms that you will have had like in your formative years it yeah. sets you up for how like you know how accessible that healing feels do you know what I mean or is like in like practical terms as well like um yeah totally to be told while you form your sense of identity that you're like broken and wrong and yeah. you know not good and weird and strange and you know whatever um if that becomes woven into your sense of your name how easy mm. is that to unravel and take away oh god yeah not easy no but i i mean i think a lot of people can kind of identify with what that that quote from jamie fletcher was saying um because in a way even yitzhak is doing this right they're doing what they need to do to survive if not thrive you know hedvig as i say stifling yitzhak uh, and their gender expression whatever form that takes um, but also Hedvig, I thought, had an interesting relationship with this quote because I always see it as like Hedvig herself has had to make a performance out of gender in a way like embracing and creating a kind of like a hyper femininity and maintaining a certain look in order to, again, survive. Because Hedvig, the character, is the armor that Hedvig, the person, needed to forge. Like, I'm going to make this image of, like, this fucking badass rock star. And, like, that that can protect me, almost. Yeah, truly. And, like, and also, like, of that, like, that literally was essential to her even getting a passport. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, that's kind of, yeah, the... Been really solidified into like you know you've got to be this type of person and also i like i love it that like you know yeah i think just like in hedvig's nature from like a, a child they're like mm. incredibly punk 
like rocking yeah. out on the bed, having like musical party times with their head in an oven. <laughs> like so, so Sylvia Plath, so punk. Oh, like, totally. Early on, getting like, you know, hit with tomatoes with their head in the oven. <laughs> um, and like, it was the, I love it in that, in that scene where it's not even like, it's clearly such a common thing that Hedwig is more just like made up for the food. Yeah, there's like no reaction really other than just, oh, I'll, I'll eat that then. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like, oh, I'm being beaten and assaulted. It's like, oh, food, food. I'm getting food. Like, I'm just going to eat because I yeah. it, like it, amazing, absolutely amazing. I think their mum does that like on the daily. <laughs> yeah, Blades. Like, that shut is their the only fuck access. Up. <laughs> yeah, that's their access to meals. <laughs> oh, bless. But um, I mean, the only other note I've got specifically about the scene is that at the beginning, actually, I didn't mention this, when we are in the laundromat, there's um, there's actually two things. There's, uh, yeah, most of it is the same, but there's a few extra lines because Phyllis can't recall the name in, in this scene of what we then find out is the Menzies Fair, which is one of the greatest names ever for a musical event. Um, but she, so she's trying to remember what it's called here and she, she thinks it's the labial tour, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was amazing as well. And there was, like, lots of, like, strange symbolism around, like, femininity in that scene in the laundromat. So, like, yeah. as as she's trying to remember the name, behind her, the bandmates are sniffing the laundry detergent. Oh, yeah. As though, but they're doing it like it's milk. <laughs> they're they doing it like not, it's never milk seen it. <laughs> to see if it's, like, off or not. And then... And then they destroy a bra, like <laughs> from putting it in the dryer, and all of like that while she's ta- talking about like the Menzies Festival and stuff, and it's just all very like feminine symbology. I love it. It's great, isn't it? It's fantastic. It, it's it's being funny without sort of mocking those things, mm. which is a fine line. Yeah, truly. But like that's that's the that's the that's the 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 thing, isn't it? Of like with like the deconstructive when you've got to when you're born and you're fed all these set identities Mm. and you realize very early on that you don't fit inside any of them like it's the you know the queerest most northern (laughs) dance to dance to like unpick it apart laugh at all the bits yeah make it much lighter because it's felt so heavy and like yeah, everything becomes drag. Everything becomes performance. Everything becomes because that's what it is. It's a playtime, yeah. and that's what I think. Maybe Hedvig realizes at the end. It's like, oh, okay, this character, so to speak, I've created, who I've been living as, I can actually take aspects of her into my my true self, and that's great. Like she she will be part of me as well. Like they're not two separate beings. Like it's almost like the the real Hedvig had, had been put on ice for years, you know. Mm. But then by the end, it's like, oh no, wait, hang on, I can be an actual fucking human being again. But but using the power that I've uh, gained along the way. Yeah, defo. Like the, I think that. Well, I don't know. This is like, you'd have to let me know what you feel about this. Mm. But I feel as though. Um, both of us within our creativities, uh, people maybe who don't 
know us super well or whatever mm. um, would be forgiven for thinking that Cantina Turner isn't who you are and is a performance completely and 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think and, some people have thought that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and, like, and also, like, there's times when I've come off stage and someone's gone, oh, I love your persona. And I just kind of laugh because I'm like, nope, nope. Wow. wow. Or, like, I love your act. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> far out, man. Like, it, it, yeah, because it's so... They birth each other. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they never would have come into existence. Well, I, you know? I basically just take, I, I assume is what Hedvig did, I take aspects of myself and amplify them, but they're still aspects of me. It's the origin of love. It's the origin of love. Holy shit. Full circle. Yeah. It's the healing of the parts through their ma magnification and exploration. It's yep. the meeting of them because you make them bigger so you can meet them outside of yourself and then you meet them and you love them and you reintegrate them and you're more whole and complete and powerful and fun and right because of it. Like, it's totally the origin of love, for real. That speaks to this whole movie. Holy shit. I love it. I haven't <laughs> thought about any of those things. It's just like in the talking to you of it, it's all like... Hey. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you have that? Because I know that like obviously you'd like make plans for a show beforehand and like have a rough idea well, of rough like idea, yeah. things that you want to chat about. But I don't know. It just feels like it just kind of, it comes out. The answers come out of the looking. Exactly. Exactly. That's why about it. letting people see behind the scenes. That's why I don't have a strict, um, like script or anything like that. No, I have vague bullet points just in case we weave off topic and that can like get us back on track. But other than that, things flow, things move. It's like a wave, you know? You're very good at getting us back on topic. I appreciate uh, that. That's just because I'm so old at this now, you know, I've been doing it forever. <laughs> Pro. So before, before we do sort of wrap up and, and head off, um, I, I normally ask these at the start, but we kind of just dove straight into it, which, which was better in a way. Yeah. Um, I, I do normally ask people, like, do you... It's very basic, boring, smash hits style questions. Fit. Do you... Smash Hits was a great magazine. Do you have, like, a favourite song or anything in the movie or the show? I know that's a hard question to answer because... Oh, my God. I have a hard time answering it myself. That's so hard. And oh. it, can be, it can be for different reasons. There might just be one that you're like, yeah, that's rocking. Or there might be one that you're like, oh, I connect to this, you know. Like, politically... I'm anti-capitalist, so I don't believe in favourites. Mm. Let's just be clear about that for a kickoff. Yeah. Um, but each one of them are my favourite when I'm listening to them being played. Um, That's the problem I have, right? Like yeah. I almost see it as one piece. But I guess, I guess after after I watched it the other day, and obviously this might be different every time I'm watching it, depends on what mood I'm in. Mm. But when I watched it the other day, um. I was, I'm just forever bowled over by the cosmic, mythological, ancient imagery of the origin of love. I knew it. Um, despite the fact that, like, and also, like, the storytelling nature of it, which is, you know, always wonderful. But also, I do find I do find it a bit problematic. I find it a bit problematic a tiny bit. But oh, like, no, I think you're supposed to, though, yeah. 
Um, but I did the whole of the next day. All I was singing in my head was, I put on my makeup. Like, yes. the, the, turn on the eight. Like, all day, all day. And so, um, yeah, I think those two, those two, Defo. Um, I'm so glad and- you said um, Wig in a Box because uh, listeners will know this because I've talked about it. When I first got into Hedvig, that was the one song I was like, ah, I don't like that one. Now it's probably my favourite one. Truly, it's unreal. Uh, that one and also uh, Angry Inch because it literally gave me shivers when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching yeah. the performance of that, it literally, oh. And also like, especially because of like the, the, the audience's reaction that's the thing that's the only th- i love it live but you don't get that i think the movie adding that to it, it, it improves the song even more and the feeling you get from it well the inch wouldn't be fucking angry if it wasn't told it was wrong by everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I, I love like, that moment where yitzhak is like i'm gonna fucking jump in to fight for you yeah i love that <laughs> and th- th- there was earlier on when we were talking that i felt um, I felt like a, a whispered need to gender that reaction yeah. and to feel like, oh, that was an extension of Yitzhak, you know, kind of like being the man, being the boyfriend or whatever. And then I stopped myself because I was like, bullshit, is it? That absolutely not. Like anyone attacking your friends or the people yeah. that you love and like you'd be there. Dog I at think the door. society would say it's a masculine thing, but it shouldn't be considered that way. It's probably the best way of saying it, isn't it? Like, yeah, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, why are you acting so, you know?" Ma- and especially manly? like in queer circles, like that just doesn't, that just doesn't register. We've no. all got each other's back because we've all got each other's back, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my laptop just literally cheered that on. Yeah, thanks, laptop. <laughs> um, and my only other question we haven't really hit upon is, um, like, do you like? other musicals or is it like not really a genre you've got much time for because i find hedvig can be a bit of an outlier for some people in this regard it was for me it was the first musical i ever liked i hated them for ages really yeah what musicals do you like now oh now right the the listeners will be sick of me saying this rent because what i remember one one weekend i was on my own my partner at the time was away and it was just me and the cat and i watched hedvig for the eight millionth time and I thought, you know what? They keep talking about rent in this. I'm going to finally watch it. It'll be fun. I'm on my own. It'll be a laugh. I've got a bottle of wine, not realising what it was about. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I finished the bottle of wine and was just sat crying on the couch till oh, like five babe. in the morning. Like, <laughs> oh, peach. It's so moving. It's so moving. And, uh, you know, I, I like Rocky Horror, but I think it's a bit overrated at the same time. I, I appreciate what it did for visibility and things um but i also don't think it's amazing um to be fair i think i've seen rent and rocky horror once years mm. and years and years ago once each oh well i have a rent podcast on the side if you want my memories well <laughs> let's let's do that because i yeah i i also watching hedvig made me want to watch that again because hey. i don't really feel like i know them very well like either of them very well mm. um i would say like in a musical thing like i definitely grew up uh like i kind of thought i wanted to be in theater mm, i could see um, that yeah and then i had like my first major major like depression 
Um, and I couldn't, it felt to me at the time mm. that people were hard enough to understand where they were being themselves. And in theater uh, circles, there were so many different types of the self. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal. My social anxiety was just too, I couldn't deal with it. It felt like everything was playing chess all the time and I just couldn't cope. This was part of my problem. That's why I never did theater. Yeah. Uh, and so I sacked it off, but I really feel like having a little tiny, tiny the, the tiny time in theater really informed my creative well, definitely my like ability to perform because even when I first started playing in front of people and I would get so shy and nervous about it that I would like like I don't I don't really drink uh, now but like um, I would definitely need to like have like a couple of drinks when yeah. I was first playing in front of people oh but I that still do that mean, don't worry <laughs> but that would just mean that I would make like more well, for me because I'm so sensitive to it it would literally mean that like I would make stupid mistakes and then I'd be annoyed at myself yeah afterwards. I I learned that the hard way I, I learned the exact amount I can drink and still function properly so I'm yeah like, right, exactly I can, two, I can have two drinks and maybe depending on how spread out they are maybe then one like rum and that's it if I have anything else I'll fuck up isn't it? Because you need to be able to, like, be grounded and flow at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, so what theatre, well, what theatre taught me was that it taught me to time travel with my emotions. Ooh. So if I was playing, when I first started playing in front of people, and like, say if like someone's talking or like the till goes or like it's rowdy and loud or whatever, if I wasn't time traveling with my emotions, those things would really throw me and distract me and put me off and stuff. Whereas like, if you're really, if you take yourself like um, to the moment where you wrote that song, where all the only thing that you could do was write that song yeah. and you had to do it and it like it was without choice choiceless moments and it, if you if you sing from that place not only is that the place that is the only place anyone ever wants to hear a song from but like that's also the place where you're not going to get distracted or mess up or you're not going to feel nervous because you're in the song exactly you're not you singing the song you're in the song and that's the place to do it from um so Oh, I got a bit off topic, but like, so uh, musicals, I kind of, I um, like, even though my mum and dad would like, my dad's family would like sing Irish songs on Wild Rover. Oh, and we good, good got choice. Drunk together on like uh, special occasions and stuff. Um, and my mum used to make up like silly songs when she was like doing the washing, which was really cute. When Aww. I was very, very little, my, my, family aren't very like particularly like musical or like play instruments or or, so, yeah. or or like really at all um but so i don't entirely know where we got this from but when i was a kid i found um when i was really really little i found a vhs of can you hear the people sing singing the song of angry uh, men oh uh, les miserables yeah, yeah. A, a, a vhs of that 
And I'd never in my life seen a musical. I was a little, little kid. That's a I'd hardcore one life. to go in with. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was the VHS of a live performance of it. And I watched it again and again and again and was just hey. like, oh, my God, this is so punk and so powerful. And so, like, yeah, I didn't really have any sort of, like, get into any sort of punk rock or uh, alternative stuff until... I was much, 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 much older. Mm. So to me, as like a little tiny queer kid growing up in Warrington, seeing that, like that was really punk to me, you know? Like being like yeah, um, all the people getting together to bring down a system of corruption and oppression. Yeah. It's a revolutionary musical, isn't it? Which is a crazy thing to say, but that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and really also heartbreaking. And I yeah. think that like that's what that's one of the things of musicals is that like they really make you feel the feels, you know. Oh so God, even yeah. though it's like it's shit that your first experience of rent was on your own, <laughs> they didn't. Well, I mean, you got to have a hug off Drusilla, I imagine. But well, like, plus in in a way, it was perfect that way. Like I wouldn't want it any other way now. Yeah, because you got to feel it completely without without like censoring your emotions because you're yep. with other people. Exactly, um, exactly. And I think that's also, that's part of the the pull and also part of the cringe of musicals. <laughs> it's like how uh, how much you love musicals. Maybe we could do a social experiment and see how up for feeling and expressing that, you know, all the emotions peeps are up for. Maybe that's a thing. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. Well, there's too many there's too many vari- variables to to test that, but yeah, we we can try. We'll do our best. Damn it. Yeah, um, let's let, 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 let's do a, a survey at the next rebellion. Do you like musicals? Tell I us. Think, your I top- think that crowd will mostly say no, even though I reckon they would like Hedvig. God damn it, it's a punk musical. Yeah, totally. I think they would. And like, to be honest with you, I think a lot of them are very calcentative. The punks are always calcentative underneath. Yeah. I reckon they would like secretly be like. Oh. Or maybe they'd, maybe they'd be really fit and just own it. I would hope so. But yeah, the older ones, nah, they're stuck in their ways. They're stuck in their ways. <laughs> but on on that note, uh, do you have anything else to say before we uh, before we wrap up? No. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for oh. uh, asking me to do this because it meant that I got to watched something I hadn't seen in years and it really ignited my heart and I feel so much more connected to my queerness now than I did when I first saw it that like it kind of means much more now to see it and even more to like also see it through your eyes and like yeah feel feel more about like the details of it um well, this is it's, why I asked you, because it's not only did I see you in the crowd. Well, I didn't see you in the crowd. I saw a picture of you in the crowd. But I was like, oh, no, wait, this this is exactly the kind of thing that will speak to you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I was right. <laughs> yeah, and I just I just enjoyed talking to you, so this is a great excuse. Oh, well, thank you. Likewise, likewise. We will get in the van and head off to the next gig, to the next yeah. Bilgewater's restaurant. Um, Steph, would you like to tell people where you can be found online or promote any of your work, uh, oh, anything um, you like, you promote even anything that's not yours, whatever you want. Gosh. Oh, I should have thought of this. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do this. I like, there's so many people that should be promoted. I live inside the internet. 
Um, that's why you're finding me now. Hello, mm-hmm. all the people inside the internet. Hello, the aliens. I'm I sure. love that. I love that meme where it's like, "Hello, gay people in my phone." <laughs> yeah, hello, gay people in phones. Um, I love the gay people inside telephones. Hello to you all. I love you. You're so precious and magical. Did no. you know there's more connections in your brain than our stars in a galaxy? You're wonderful. Give yourself a hug. You're brilliant. Um, you can find my noise. I make, well, the internet calls it queer electropunk folk, and it lives inside the internet. And if you search O-O-R-Y-A, uh, you'll find me in most places. I've got a website, and uh, I mainly hang out in Instagram stories um, <laughs> because that's that's nice. Nothing wrong with that. And as usual, you can speak to us on Facebook at Hedvig's Wicked Little Town. That's a group. Uh, On Twitter. Sorry, X. X now, right? Uh, That's what we're all going to call it. Nah, Elon Musk, I'm not calling it X. Shut the fuck up. It's Twitter. I'm going to dead name name your app. (laughs) Twitter is at Hedvig Pod. Instagram, Hedvig Pod. And also, we've got a Threads now, which seems to have disappeared as quickly as it came, but I've got one. So if you want to talk on Threads, we're on there as well. Hit us up on all of them. And why not check out our network, Sleepy Charlie Media, on Patreon? So you can get bonus content. At the moment, it's mostly for our other show, Bat Minute, but uh, I'm going to get back on the on the Rent show ASAP. So, uh, oh, oh, my goodness. You were so succinct. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I'm also... I'm also on, yeah, I also live inside Twitter and inside YouTube and inside Facebook, Face Off, <laughs> as, as a page and also as a group because you recommended doing that to me and I love it. Thank it's you. well better because they don't so cheat better. you out of people seeing your posts. It's so much better. God mm. bless the algorithm. <laughs> um, yeah, all the things. I haven't got threads yet. Wasn't sure about what it is. It's just uh, Instagram making their own version of Twitter. They ripped it oh, off because they were like, oh, Twitter's gone to shit. Okay, we'll make our own one then. Fuck you. Nice. And also, <laughs> because uh, because of the dancing um, impermanence of all things, uh, and I don't want to lose my connection to all of you if social media decides to, you know, depart or whatever, um, if you go on my website, which is net. Um, you can join my mailing list, which I sometimes do. And hey. but when I do do it, I will write so much to you uh, about loads of poetry and oh yeah, just random. I bits can confirm it's worth it. Like most mailing lists, it's just the same old shite. This is not the same old shite. Really? Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you like it. Well, there's a lot of effort put into it. Most mailing lists are just here's our upcoming gigs. Really? Oh, I'm glad. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to do another one soon because it's been on my... I think when it's been on my list of things to do for like at least a month, then I'm like, okay, come on now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Well, do that, everybody. Go and sign up to the mailing list. Speak to, speak to Steph and speak to me on all of the above that we've mentioned. And join us again next time. Very soon, in fact. Oh, that's a surprise. There's another one coming very soon, believe it or not. You've waited this long for one. Now you're going to get two. It's going to be chapter 26. I'm still calling them chapters, even though we finished ages ago. And it's going to be a lovely surprise as to what we're talking about. Ooh. See you then. Woo. Rock and rollers.